people won't give you the real talk on drugs. But it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is often laced into illicit drugs and used to make fake versions of prescription pills. You can't see it, taste it, or smell it. Suppliers mix fentanyl into their products because it's potent and cheap, and the dealer might not even know. Keep yourself and others safe by knowing the real deal on fentanyl. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. Don't let biased algorithms or degree screens or exclusive professional networks or stereotypes. Don't let anything keep you from discovering the half of the workforce who are stars. Workers skilled through alternative routes rather than a bachelor's degree. It's time to tear the paper ceiling and see the stars beyond it. Find out how you can make stars part of your talent strategy at tearthepaperceiling.org. Brought to you by Opportunity at Work and the Ad Council. Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! Boy Reginald here flying solo here at the bottom half of the second inning of the 13th game here on the Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. Get that is right. It is just me and I am excited to do a little bit of solo time. You know, again, a lot, lot of things going on around the Sports Insanity Network. All of our hosts are busy, so I figured let me take the weight off of their shoulders, and let me just focus on the podcast here, all my own. It's going to be a challenge for me, so uh, please bear with me, as um, it's been a while since I've done a show all by myself. We'll react to some of the March Madness stuff in just a second. I mean, um, another big-time upset that we have to get to here, and um, we will get to all that stuff, but... Uh, I want to start with the World Baseball Classic. We I feel like we haven't we we covered uh, Team USA, and the the intention wasn't to cover all the other teams. That was supposed to be a batter up thing, and believe me, we will get to that on batter up. So we'll we'll get to the in depth stuff on batter up. Um, so please stay tuned for batter up. Uh, as a matter of fact, this weekend. We are not only talking about World Baseball Classic, but we are also going to preview the NL East. So you you want to uh, stay tuned as we give our predictions for the NL East uh, division. But I do want to get to some of the World Baseball Classic updates right now. As uh, you know, the second round has been started. It's been there. Uh, three games have been completed. Uh, so far, going into the semifinal... We have Japan, we have Mexico, and we have Cuba. Japan beating up uh, the runner-up of Pule, Italy. Italy, who's had a massive, massive run here at the World Baseball Classic, was able to survive that very close pull over in Taiwan. Uh, they'd be able to come in second place. Uh, they went 2-2 two and two in, in pool play. And uh, they went to Japan, and obviously 
Uh, Japan beat them up nine to three. They were it was pretty much not a contest. Japan's the, easily the best team in the World Baseball Classic. So Italy's time is done in the World Baseball Classic. Then you had uh, Australia versus Cuba. Cuba won Pool A, and they were facing Australia, who was uh, three and one in pool play. Pool B, uh, that same pool with Japan. Obviously, Japan went four and zero. Australia came in second, three and one. And uh, Australia gave Cuba a run for the money. 4-3 final score there. You know, Cuba, like I said, they were in that very close, close pool with Italy and Chinese Taipei, Panama, Netherlands. You know, they were they were in that very close pool. So not surprising that Australia was able to stay in there. You know, Cuba hasn't impressed me. So I'm not surprised that Australia made it close. Uh, but Cuba was able to survive that quarterfinal, and they're in the semifinal, and they will wait for the winner of the USA-Venezuela, and we will get to that in just a second. And then uh, in the other quarterfinal that happened, Puerto Rico versus Mexico. This was a tough one, Puerto Rico. Obviously, with all the uh, drama with Edwin Diaz going down after celebrating their victory over the Dominican Republic, and, uh, of course, they're trying to move on without him. So you, you know that that tail end of the bullpen is going to take him. We knew that was going to take a massive hit. But this was a tough one. Puerto Rico, they had a 4 nothing lead. They had a very nice, comfortable 4 nothing lead. You had Early on, you had back-to-back home runs. Javi Baez, Eddie Rosario. You're thinking Puerto Rico's at the top. Pitching just got to keep dealing. And... Pitching just couldn't hold on to it. Mexico came back with a big-time rally in the seventh inning. Alexis Diaz, which is Edwin Diaz's brother, I I, I don't understand why he did this. But uh, he, he came out with Narco, the the uh, the trumpet song um, for his, for, uh, that his brother uses. And all I have to say is this. If you're going to use the song, which is fine, I don't care, you better pitch well. And unfortunately, Diaz didn't pitch well. He didn't live up to his brother. He, as a matter of fact, he he lowered the bases, uh, double, then two walks. So then Jorge Lopez had to come in here and try to sort of get out of the jam, in which he almost did. He was very close to getting out of the jam. But then, of course, Isaac Paredes of Mexico hits a two-run single, ties the game. Luis Urias hits a... It was a blooper to right field that, that obviously no one had stand, stood a chance to catch that. So um, it, it dumped in into shallow right field. Another run scores. So that gave Mexico a 5-4 lead. They didn't look back after that. Puerto Rico, however, did have a chance. And this, this was the, the, the best play of the game. They did have a chance to t- tie the game. With Mexico trying to hold on to a 5-4 lead in the top of the eighth. Puerto Rico was at the bat. They actually were trying to tie the game. He The ball was hit. And Randy Rosarena... And, my goodness, this guy, Cuban defect, Mexico citizen as of 2022, wanted to represent Mexico because of you know the type of country they've been ever since he 
uh, went over there. Uh, obviously, has a family over there. And, you know, he made this beautiful, beautiful catch in left center field. Uh, he had to leap, leap on the fence there. And, of course, that, again, that would have tied the game. That would have been extra basis for Puerto Rico uh, to tie the game. And he made this strong catch. And, again, that, that was pretty much it. You know, you can't make a big play like that and be like, I'm losing the game. No, that just doesn't happen in baseball. He made that big play. And once he made that big play, you knew Mexico was winning. Puerto Rico did, just didn't stand a chance. They didn't have the bats late in the game. Uh, and obviously the bullpen did not do a good enough job to keep the lead. So on to the next one for Mexico. Puerto Rico's uh, World Baseball Classic is over. As I said, they go on to face Japan. Uh, that is Monday night uh, in Miami. Then, of course, USA, Venezuela, and the winner of that faces Cuba. Venezuela is a tough team. They were 4-0 in that same pool with Puerto Rico and the Dominican. And, you know, you, the United States, they had trouble against Mexico. And the, the pitching's not quite there. There, the, the hitting certainly can give you runs and stuff. But the pitching ain't quite there. Venezuela has all the pitching. So, it's going to be a tough one for the United States. But, here's what I will say. If the U.S. somehow, way is able to get by Venezuela, I think they have a nice path to the final. Because I don't trust Cuba. I think Cuba is a soft, soft pool A winner. Like, again, they, they had to, they barely escaped. You know, if it wasn't for the likes of Chinese Taipei losing, Panama losing two games as well. I think one of those teams for sure would have been uh, in, the, in the semifinal. So, I don't really see Cuba as much of a big threat. In the World Baseball Classic for the U.S. So if the U.S. can get to the semifinal. Uh, again, I'm, this is just my opinion. I think they have a nice path to the championship round. And, you know, that's all, all us Americans hope for. Obviously, we hope for a rematch against Mexico because we like our chances there. If we face Japan, we're screwed. <laughs> we are screwed. Screwed, man. Screwed to the bone, man. There's just no way uh, that that it's gonna be a tough final anyway. But um, there's just no way we will beat Japan in that. So um, it, it's gonna be a tough road for the U.S. You know, I, again, don't like the pitching. Um, I I love the hitting, but again, the it's on the defensive side where uh, the U.S. tends to struggle a bit, gives up a lot of runs and. It's something that you know. If you're the if you're a fan, of the U.S. should should scare you a little bit. It should scare you. So, yeah, that's the the toughest part. But I still believe in the United States. You know, they're, they're the only team that I, that I've been rooting for um, in in this World Baseball class. I've been rooting for Puerto Rico, but you know, I want to see the U.S. win. I want to see my country win. So you know. 
I'm hoping and praying that they're able to get past Venezuela. They have a tough lineup. Not only do they have a tough lineup, they have tough pitching. Pull some couple runs together. If you can get the heart of the order of Venezuela out, and that's a really tough heart of the order. If you can get the top and the heart of the order out and they don't touch you, that's a solid, solid, solid uh, way that you can uh, get into the semifinals. So, hoping and praying that the red, white, and blue gets in. A quarterfinal, that is Saturday night, 7 o'clock. Can't wait for it. Let's get to the semifinal in Miami on Sunday. On to the NCAA tournament. Obviously, the first round coverage continued on Friday, St. Patty's Day. Here are some of the finals, some of the key matchups um, for the Friday slate. Michigan State beats USC 72-62. Xavier, uh, Kennesaw State, uh, Kennesaw State, uh, actually a, val- a valiant effort. Um, but uh, Xavier was too much. 72-67 final score there. Baylor winning big over UC Santa Barbara. Marquette winning big over Vermont. 11-seeded Pittsburgh beating up Iowa State by 18. 59-41 final score there. Very good. Very good. Solid, solid game by Pittsburgh. Uh, They get to continue on in the NCAA tournament. UConn beating up Iona. This was obviously expected. UConn is a four seed. They're better than Iona. Uh, 87-63, what could be the final game, by the way, for Coach Rick Pitino in Iona as he contemplates his future coaching in NCAA basketball. Uh, There's talk that he may go to St. John's. I'll take it as a St. John's fan. I will 100% take that. So um, 87-63, final score, Iona is knocked out. NC State losing to Creighton, 72-63. Kentucky beating up Providence, 61-53. Final score there. Gonzaga, so far so good for Gonzaga. Uh, Grand Canyon University, uh, they lose to Gonzaga, 82-70. Drake, another solid effort by Drake. They actually had a lead in this game against uh, University of Miami, but... um, Miami was able to pull off the victory. 63-56 final score there. Um, Kansas State beats uh, Montana State. Indiana being a Kent State, of course, the uh, Indiana contingent very excited about not only this victory, but another certain victory. It was an upset victory. We'll get to that in a second. Um, 71-60 final score for Indiana over Kent State. TCU in Arizona State. Arizona State, another big-time effort there. Um, they almost win it, but TCU was too much. 72-70 final score in that. And, of course, a very, very, very close one. Florida Atlantic over Memphis, 66-65. There's some drama in the Memphis bench. That one of their players actually hurts his ankle, and he goes up to the, the team's um four players that were on the floor with him, and he starts barking at um, the Memphis player, and then one of their centers comes up to him and starts, like, pushing him and shoving him. It was crazy. Oh, my God. 
Um, but Penny Hardaway, being the good coach that he is, was able to sell them down and keep them in the game. They were actually a couple buckets away from actually having a good lead, but they could not convert those shots. Uh, they were making big plays down the stretch. Again, could not convert the shots. Florida Atlantic made the timely shot that they did, and Memphis is out of the tournament. The eight-seeded Memphis Tigers, uh, 66-65, again, their final score. Uh, and Florida Atlantic moves on. But, of course, the biggest, biggest one of the day. And I, I just don't understand these New Jersey kids, man. They just continue Continue, continue. These small-ass schools, man. First you got Princeton. Last year you had St. Peter's. And then Fairleigh Dickinson University over Purdue. Purdue, for crying out loud. Number one, Purdue. Oh, yeah, but Purdue. What a a one seed they were. Uh, 63-58, your final score. And an upset 16 and a one. Yes, yes, yes. Fairleigh Dickinson moves on. And let me tell you something. This Fairleigh Dickinson team, they're a very small team compared to the rest of college basketball. They're a very small team. I don't think they have a player that's north of 6-1. But you know what they did? They played defense. They played very hard defense, too. They were hustling. They They grabbed a lot of rebounds. They were great in the paint. And again, they they really matched up well with a Purdue team, let, let's be honest, that was soft, that honestly was kind of checked out at the end. You can tell, like, they just did not want to be on the floor. You know, I, I, I am a firm believer that they did not see this coming out of Fairleigh Dickinson. And at the end was just like, oh, we give up. Is they they had no they they felt that they just they didn't want to be there, so it was um it was a very very solid effort. Obviously, um, the Knights forward Sean Moore, uh, he had a a huge 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 uh, three pointer that uh, gave them the big three point lead. Too much for the Boilermakers. Oh yeah, the Boilermakers. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah, number one seed for sure. Yeah, how do how, how you feel about that, uh, Big Ten? How do you feel about that? God, I swear to God, some of these some of these one seats are completely overrated. But excellent, excellent, excellent game at Fairleigh Dickinson. They get to move on in this uh, NCAA tournament. And like I said, final score, uh, 63-58 in favor of the 16 seeded kids they get to face Florida Atlantic the the winners of the game against Memphis uh it's a nine versus a 16 and uh that that will obviously take place on Sunday night so uh I hey, look as a kid from the New York New Jersey Connecticut area hey man I will 100 percent be behind Fairleigh Dickinson and even behind Princeton. Uh, let's see how Princeton does. I think that they play their games today. Yes, against Missouri. So um, they're they're fifteen seeded. So uh, I will certainly be rooting for Princeton. My dad went to Princeton, so uh, it's very uh, close to my family's heart. And of course, Fairleigh Dickinson. Let's go, 
New Jersey. Oh my God, yo, I can't believe I'm excited. This this really, really does excite me. So congratulations uh, to all of the New Jersey uh, big time, low seated basketball teams. Uh, and obviously the second round, like I said, starts on Saturday and uh, the second round will obviously take place Saturday and Sunday. Uh, heading over to the Sweet 16, which starts uh, next weekend. So, uh, again, this is a huge, huge, huge uh, round. And this will probably be the round to see, like, you know, who who is for sure a bit, big major threat in the NCAA tournament. Like I said, this is going to be a very close, close tournament. And uh, for those of you wondering, there's going to be perfect brackets out there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. See, when you do these brackets, you have to expect that it's going to be broken. You can't you can't expect the brackets to be perfect. I'm sorry. Like if you go in there thinking that it's going to be a perfect bracket, and it, it, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen, folks. You got to stop with it. Okay? You know, I don't play for perfect brackets. I play to see if I can get the most points in whatever bracket pool I'm in. So that I can get the money. That's how it works. You don't do it for the perfection. Perfection's stupid. But yeah, I know the, the never never expect perfect brackets out there. And, uh, and look, this this tournament field is, let's be honest, a lot of surprises, and I love it. I love this tournament field. And I, I want I want just like Purdue was sweating the entire game. I want Alabama, even though I have Alabama winning, I want them to sweat. I want Houston to sweat against Auburn. I want uh, Arkansas to make Kansas sweat. Like, you know, I want all these top 10 teams, these top 10 seed teams, you know, with all the all the swagger and they think they're, they're all the shit. I want them to sweat it out because these double-digit seeds... These are impressive teams. They're really impressive teams. So I want everyone who is a top 10 seeded team in this tournament to sweat. And it is going to be a very, very fun tournament. I can really see that. So uh, let's move on to the second round starting on Saturday. One other NCAA basketball note for the men's side. Uh, this does involve Kansas head coach Bill Self. He will not be coaching um, Kansas when they go on to face Arkansas in their second round. He has already missed four consecutive games. So, and uh, obviously, for for anyone who has been following, he had to go to the hospital uh, to get treatment for blocked arteries. He was complaining about chest pains and he obviously was sort of imbalanced so he wasn't he wasn't himself turns out that he did have block arteries he had two stents placed uh in as well as a uh a heart catheterization and um we first of all we hope he's okay we hope he's going well apparently he's been attending practices so he's certainly around the team but uh, obviously not well enough to coach, so we hope and pray that he pulls through soon 
and that Kansas continues winning for him, and if they can move on to the tournament, that'll be uh, excellent. In the interim, Norm Roberts, who has uh, replaced him uh, these past few games, and um, obviously he's done a very solid job, uh, Kansas being the number one seed, and they're able to get past the first round. So, um, so far, uh, Kansas as a team uh, in the tournament has been looking good, uh, but uh, their head coach is not in the fold right now, uh, battling his this heart issue. So we hope that he's okay and that he'll be able to return to the NCAA tournament. And obviously, if that's not the case, we obviously hope he returns next season. Over to the NFL, and uh, I know um, Mike Rifkin and the Wishbone guys, they will be recording another Wishbone soon, talking about all the free agent stuff. So please uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, they will obviously give you more in depth on all of the NFL free agency news. So please stay tuned for Wishbone Shotgun coming out very soon. One free agent signing that did happen on Friday. The uh, Patriots have signed tight end Mike Gusecki to a one-year $9 million deal. Uh, obviously, Gusecki, uh, he has spent the past few seasons in Miami with the Dolphins and has been a, um, uh, you know, not much of a, a big threat, but certainly a reliable uh, receiver for them. So, um, uh, Mike Gusecki, uh, a good pickup for the Patriots, not the greatest, but good pickup enough. And, you know, as they try and figure out all their offensive issues, certainly Mike Gusecki, uh helps fit the bill. So this is a good move by the Patriots. Also, and I, I, I'm I'm really getting sick and tired of talking about this. Can Aaron Rodgers just come to the Jets already? Like, what are we doing here? Look, I don't want the guy. I've said I don't want the guy. And I'm not going to give you the reason as to why. But if Aaron Rodgers wants to play for the freaking Jets, can the Packers not hold up on this deal here? Like, and we all know, we all know it's the Packers that are holding up this deal. We all know that the Packers, they want two first and whatever other expensive stuff that the Jets have that the Jets don't want to give up. So can the Packers negotiate with the Jets? And can Joe Douglas not get... He needs to be on the phone with the Packers now. Like, he needs to be talking to them. Talk to them and get the deal done. Because if this continues to drag out, I don't see this deal happening. I don't. So, I don't know what the Packers want. Uh, clearly they want more than what the Jets want to offer and the Jets are they're in a bit of a stalemate. Hey, look, if if the Packers demand too much here and the Packers are not willing to give Joe Douglas the insurance that he obviously needs because we don't know where this Aaron Rodgers thing is going to go to after 2023. So, obviously, it's good enough to ask for some type of insurance here. Uh, but if the Packers aren't willing to meet the Jets halfway or come to some compromise or whatever the case may be, you know what they should do? And I've been kind of saying it for a long time now. They have a quarterback. 
Is he perfect? No. Is he a project? Yes. But they have a quarterback. They have a new offensive system. They obviously have weapons now. Uh, Alan Lazard uh, joining the team officially this week and stuff. You know, they're beefing up on defense a little bit too. I would almost say, let's continue the process with Wilson. I don't know. I don't know. Because if, if this Packers thing is gonna, it's just gonna be too much. And Aaron Rodgers already said he wants to, he wants to be with the Jets. He, he doesn't want to be with the Packers, or, or else he retires. So, I'm just saying, Packers, negotiate with the Jets. You, you guys will come. You guys will get what you want. Believe me, you guys are gonna get everything that you want. You know, Joe Douglas. You know. He he's a, he seems like a cheap bastard, but you know what? He can probably um, he can probably give you something that's fair. Get the deal done, and if it continues to drag out, I'm gonna be real with you. If it continues to drag out, then I'm just gonna call it what it is. This deal is not gonna happen, and the Jets are gonna be forced to. Do something that they should have been doing already, which is to develop Zach Wilson. So we hope that the deal gets done soon. Um, it seems like Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet, but I don't know. I don't know, man. It, it's it's a weird situation right now. So uh, the holdup is uh, it's too much. The deal should have been done when, on, after Wednesday. Wednesday night, the deal should have been done. When uh, Aaron Rodgers announced that he officially wanted to go to the Jets. so And, and the Packers already said they don't want Aaron. So, what's the holdup? Thank you for joining us. This was fun, doing a solo show. Uh, hopefully, the cast and crew will be back uh, in the third inning. We'll be very excited to have everyone back. This will be great. Uh, until then, please follow our socials. At SIN Sports Insane Podcast, Twitter, at S Insanity Real on both Facebook and Twitter. Please uh, follow us there. And of course, um, log on to our website to get everything from the blogs and all the history about the Sports Insanity Network and all of our podcasts and stuff. www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com. We also have a YouTube channel. Search the Sports Insanity Network. Thank you so much for joining us. This was fun. See you in the third inning. Peace out. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network.